Welcome to Staying Connected, a podcast where I talk to other people about their stories with feds or vascular Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Staying Connected. This is your host, Katie, and before we get into the show, I want to remind you that the views, information, and opinions in these podcasts are those of the individuals involved and do not represent the opinions of the Marfan Foundation. The Marfan Foundation is not responsible for and does not verify for accuracy any of the information contained in them, nor does the information constitute medical or other professional advice or services. This show is not produced by or affiliated with the Marfan Foundation or the VEDS movement. I hope you enjoyed the last interview on September 25th featuring Lindell Frazier, who lives in Atlanta, Georgia, and shared his story with VEDS. Today, we're going to hear an interview with Ashley Rose Marish, who lives in Denver, Colorado, and was diagnosed with VEDS in 2017. Thank you so much, Ashley, for sharing your story and your family's story in this interview and for helping to raise awareness for VEDS. It's just been really awesome getting to know you. Okay, let's go ahead and go to the interview. Hey, Ashley, thank you so much for joining me for the podcast today and for sharing your story with VEDS with everybody. You want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Absolutely. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Ashley Rose Marish. I'm 31, and I just feel so grateful to have this opportunity to be here and and share with all of you my my bed's diagnosis story, as well as my family's. Um, I really, truly believe in Katie's work to build community and provide awareness with beds. Thank you so much for having me here. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited for you to share your story, and I'm so grateful to know you. So when were you diagnosed with VEDS? So I was diagnosed with VEDS when I was 27 years old um, in 2017. I was originally diagnosed with FMD, fibromuscular dysplasia, which is a related connective tissue condition. Um, in 2011, my mom um, had a ruptured splenic aneurysm. And that's when we first found out that there was this underlying condition. Uh, She fought for her life. She needed over 90 units of blood. Since then, she's had multiple life-threatening events and is one of the strongest people I know. Um, The other strongest person I know being my sister, Allison, she had her first stroke in 2014 and continuously battled several life-threatening events throughout her life. Neither of them have ever let beds define them, uh, but instead always used it as their superpower for strength, love, and to live their lives to its fullest. You know, for me, it's been um, more uh, subtle things that I've noticed along the way in my life. I haven't had any major events yet, but um, it wasn't until 2017 when my sister Allison did some more research and said, no, I don't think we have FMD. Like we have beds. And so we all got genetic testing and, um, and sure enough, so we had, we all three of us had it. And I wasn't completely surprised because I always had thought that there was something underlying. I've had a lot of issues with tearing muscles and just some other things that were odd to me, you know, but I didn't really realize just how uh, devastated I would feel having gotten the diagnosis and putting a name on it. Um, although I wasn't completely surprised, I still felt devastated but um very soon after our family you know we've always been surrounded by so much love and support from family and friends and the community and 
We've held several um, several fundraisers for a cure and awareness, and um, we've really turned it into a, a positive thing. And um, and so there's a lot of beautiful beautiful things that I think about when I think about my diagnosis as well. So yeah, so your sister Allie found this in 2017, and that's really great that you had you know somebody to just you know do that genetic testing. I guess because of the history of FMD. Um, so what happened next? Did you get scans? I mean, I guess when you were diagnosed with FMD, you must have already had some kind of underlying, like artery issues, right? Yeah. So with FMD, they, um, you know, if you have the, the bubbling of the arteries or, um, like in my case, I had the narrowing and, um, I had some pseudoaneurysms that they found. Um, for my mom and sister, um, there was a lot more of that for them, but there were a lot of similarities between our, um, our scans. And so they, you know, we were just going based off of that. And then the more that my sister, uh, you know, would she'd show me and she'd do research, you know, we were living together in Denver and, um, she just said, you know, all these different things that are going on, like, you know, she at this point had an infarcted kidney and several strokes. And my mom had had several surgeries and had stents placed, you know, for her aneurysms. And it was becoming more and more clear, like there's, I think a little more to this, um, these different symptoms that we're having and as a whole, and me with, with my tearing um, of my muscles and my gums receding and, you know, our see-through skin in some places and the easy bruising and bleeding, it was like, we should get tested for beds. Like this is a related thing that we learned about at one of our conferences for FND. And we're, we just, we just thought there was more and, and she was dead on. I mean, she was right. It was, you know, and so, um, that was actually a, a more, um, a, a lot scarier of a diagnosis than FMD. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents, uh, flew to New York and saw a specialist there. And he just said, you know, my least favorite thing is to diagnose somebody with that. Um, it's just a lot, a lot more, uh, rare and life-threatening, but you do have a huge community of support and you have a lot of different resources and you're on, on the edge of a lot of studies and there's a lot of research being done. And, um, you know, we just instantly got the itch. Like we are, whatever we can do to support um, each other in this community and this, this, this new family that we found, um, how, can we, how can we help change lives and, um, and raise funds and awareness? And, you know, because if you haven't heard the thing with the rare condition is if folks haven't heard um, the name or haven't learned about it somewhere, it's, it kind of goes in one year and out the other, you know? And so I think raising awareness is just, um, it does so much. Yeah. It's so great to have you involved in that too. Um, Just that I, I very much relate to that feeling of, you know, wanting to raise awareness and make a difference and, it really is. It, it shifts your mindset when you start doing that in a way. So um, it's really great to hear that that has helped. I, that's helped me. 
<laughs> immensely. Um, yeah. So take me from 2017 to now. So um, 2017, I, um, I got the urge to start, you know, doing things I never had, um, but carefully and safely, uh, pushing the boundaries, but, um, but safely, I, I hired a, a personal trainer and I wanted to do these races and I wanted to climb mountains, you know, moving out to Colorado with my older sister, Allie. It's just like, I wanted to do all these things and I didn't enjoy <laughs> being told about these limitations. It was like, well, okay, how can I find another way to do this? Um, for example, I've done a lot of research into how I'm going to have children because I'm told about the risks with having kids. And it's just, you know, since 2017, I'd say I've just really, um, both my mom, my, my sister and myself, we've just learned how to push the boundaries and um, find new ways to do things safely. And um, that's actually how I found my partner, Dane. And, um, you know, we've, we've just done a lot of exploring and adventuring and, everything seemed to be, um, you know, we just, we just adjusted to this new way of, of living. And then, um, in, you know, in 2020, things really changed again for us. Um, my, my sister, Allison and March on March 7th, uh, we were out at a fundraiser for her school. She was a middle school teacher and, um, she collapsed due to uh, an aortic dissection and we lost her um, almost instantly. She was 34. And um, that was a, a huge game changer in how we were living in this new, um, how we were reinventing our lives with this, this um, underlying condition and what that really meant for our family. Because of course we knew it was life-threatening, but we didn't think it would take any of us so soon and so um you know I think since then I've gone through this huge roller coaster of emotions like you know not wanting to associate myself with vets and being angry and swinging it back around to um just embracing life because I know that I don't want to live the rest of my life in the start hole. I want to, to live it with color. And I know Allie would want us to live it with color. And that's how she lived her life. Um, Allie was an absolutely amazing lady. She always um, has taught me so much and still does every day since she physically left this world. Um, especially in the last few years, Allie knew time was limited as she uh, sometimes would often mention that while making big decisions, uh, big or small. But as I said before, she, you know, learning about beds um, gave us some answers, but it never defined her or our family. Um, she recently found the love of her life, uh, the job of her dreams. She was never settling for anything less than uh, what made her truly happy. And, um, you know, she was always pushing the limits, singing, dancing, adventure, and challenging anyone who ever told her otherwise. My my little sister, I, I need to, to really talk about my entire family because they've all just been such a strength for me. Um, Erica, Allie, and I have always been best friends and very close. Uh, we often reminded each other of our some quotes that our mom has said throughout the years. And um, whenever we needed to 
some some encouragement or a pick me up and when we really felt like things were kind of hard and my mom would say life is about the people you have in it and then she would also say you um we'd be like mom how do you just you know crush your goals all the time and you make it seem so easy and she's like oh you just set a goal and then you do it it's just that simple and it was just always so inspiring and regardless of what life threw our way um our parents always valued family and strength and um love in our community so we've always been surrounded by so much love even in the hardest of times um we've challenged ourselves to conquer our goals with the love and support of family and friends something that Ali had said to us many times before passing was i just want to throw all the good i can out into the world and see what comes back and it's just such a beautiful sentiment and we actually remind each other of that all the time now and we just think about like this beautiful life that we are given and all that beautiful time we had with my sister and um all the beautiful people we've met and of course it can feel frustrating when someone tells you no or when someone's taken from you but it's okay to to sometimes not feel okay and then to come back around to um to just to to being with the people who support you and love you and and realizing that um this isn't it this isn't this isn't an end all and um you know for me i believe we're all going to be together again and i carry her with me every day i still talk to her every single day and i i live i try to live um as daring as i did before with and as vulnerable as i was before and um i still seek to do new things and push the boundaries and i just do it with her still i i um my life has changed a lot but a lot of it is the same if not more I'm more hungry to um to get out there and just feel the feel the beauty that that this world brings to us every day. Yeah. She sounds so beautiful. I mean, I yeah. had never met her, but I I've talked to you multiple times and heard about her and your family and y'all are just such beautiful people and I'm so grateful to know you. Thank you so much, Katie. Yeah. You're so beautiful and everybody in the Vets community is so beautiful. I I can't even tell you how um much of a turning point it has been for me to start working with you guys um and and um you know doing the bingo and the support group with kids club I mean there's nothing more healing than hanging out with kids and how all the beauty that they see in the world and how honest and true they are and I just it reminds me every day just how blessed I am and um I I thank you so much for being so welcoming into this the second family for us. Yeah, thank you. I love this I love this whole community. And I think that the resources you're talking about are through the Vets movement. I'm just going to throw that in there because this podcast is separate from the Vets movement, but yeah. Um, you know, it's if anybody wants to go search for those, I think those are great resources, of course. So, when you were younger, what were you talked a little bit about the like muscle tearing that you had. I think you mentioned the visible veins that you had. You know, were there a lot of other outward features that you had this that maybe were missed when you were a kid? Yeah, I um well, for me the biggest thing has been um tearing of muscles. I I was in competitive dance and I was constantly tearing muscles in my legs and and I was in competitive sports, um high intensity sports like track. I 
tried to, um, to do the four by four and I tore my calf. I tried to do pole vaulting. I tore my tricep. I was like, okay, maybe I'll do long distance. <laughs> like, so then I started doing track or um, cross country and I noticed that, you know, slow and steady wins the race. And that was like something that I was like, okay, I was just starting to really learn a lot more about my body. I couldn't just do what everyone else around me was doing, although I enjoyed it. And that's when I like really started to realize I need to kind of, I can still do these things, but it has to be different. And so, um, I've done some, um, some two-step dancing now, and I've just learned other ways to, to still do the things that I love. Um, as a child, I also had a lot of headaches. We went and got some scans done and hoping that we would understand a little bit more about why that was. And I, we never did figure out why I just had constant headaches. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through different phases where it would come in and out and it would be, um, it was like, am I not drinking enough water? No, like, I'm not really sure. And so I think that, um, that that might've been related to beds as well. I've had surgery on my mouth, on my gums. I have receding gums. And, um, you know, every time I go to the dentist, my, he tells me like, we need to do surgery. I'm like, no, we need to wait as long as we can before we do the surgery. Cause this is just going to keep happening. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like the, the, I had this, I had a friend in dance ask me like, why do you have, um, spider webs on your, like your veins look like spider webs on your chest. And I was like, I don't know. Am I supposed to know that? Like, why do you, <laughs> I don't know. And I, you know, I constantly just bruised really easily and people would say like, what happened? And I'm like, I don't think anything really happened. I just bruise easily. And I, you know, I get cut easily. And, and I noticed my sister and my mom do too. So just these different things, um, that I, I noticed that happened to me a lot more. And, um, so it it made a lot of sense. And I even remember saying I was, I think a freshman in high school and I was trying to decide if I was going to be quitting dance or not. And I just said, I wish I just could take like a sample of my muscle and give it to somebody and be like, tell me what's going on with this. Like, why, why can't, why is this, you know, happening to me? So it was almost a sigh of relief when I knew that there was something and that it wasn't, you know, just all in my head either. Cause it didn't matter how much stretching or icing I did. It was just always an ongoing thing for me and, um, you know, keeping me up at night with the pain and everything like that. So not like anything's changed now, but at least I can, you know, point fingers. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> hey, there is something to be said for having an answer, even if it's not a good one. I mean, I feel right. like there's something really to be said about that. It really puts a lot of relief that it's not in your head that there mm-hmm. was something so yeah absolutely yeah luckily i haven't i've had um subtle changes in my arteries i do have um some pseudo aneurysms and things that we're looking after but it's not anywhere near like what my sister and mom have had to um keep an eye on and um, they've had several surgeries i haven't had a uh, vascular um surgery yet but um yeah, I just, you know, just take it day by day. And I know, um, I know that it's, it's different for each person. So, but being careful and, um, you know, I think also a big thing for me is like the journey of, um, wanting to have a child and and what that looks like. And that's also caused a lot of just emotional pain and, and, and mental health. And I think about like, 
moving forward and what's really gotten me through is, um, you know, never underestimate the power of therapy and someone who can walk through life with you and be vulnerable with you and the therapies that you can do for yourself just with a, a positive attitude that you can, um, you know, just give yourself grace and know that, um, that as long as you are surrounding yourself with, with loved ones and just that you are enough and doing what you can, that you are enough and um, it's your birthright to be happy. So whatever that means for you, just do whatever makes you happy. Um, I, I think I've gone through uh, the roller coaster of like, I'm not okay, but that's okay too. It's like, it's okay to not be okay. And then to come back around to feeling like you are uh, just giving yourself the grace and the time to work through grieving. Um, and, you know, when you're first diagnosed, you, you might feel um, lost or devastated and, and same thing with going through a, a loss. I mean, you just, and that's all okay. Just know that you're not alone and that you need to give yourself the time and do what makes you happy and to give yourself that mental health and, and clarity and stability that you need for you. So, yeah, that makes so much sense. I mean, the, um, you know, like it's always an up and down for me too, right? Like I, you know, I, I have good days where I'm not thinking about it at all, but then I have days that pop up that I am like really grieving very hard. And yeah. it's, I have to remind myself like it's okay for me to still grieve and have those days and those moments and just kind of allow myself. It's so easy to as well, just like hate on yourself for it, right? Like, oh, I should be over this by now or, you know, it should be easier by now or, you know, I should, I just need to get over it. But really it's a big thing to carry and it's okay to have bad days with it. You know, and just like, I just love what you said. I think you said it so much better than I did, <laughs> but I really think like it's it's so true, like giving yourself the grace to feel the feelings that you feel. Yeah, I think, um, I think, well, no, you said it perfectly too. It's like, it's just being kind to yourself and, um, you know, that it's this constant roller coaster and it's always going to be and thinking that it's ever going to not is really what kind of tricks you into this like, fake reality it's just embracing it and then living um pushing the limits um with what makes you happy and um I think that you know the more that we um just surround ourselves with with uh folks who will be vulnerable with us and be brave with us like that's the best that's the best medicine for us I had a lot of questions answered when I found out but of course there's always still so many more and I think just coming to this point of knowing that it, it doesn't define me and um I've learned to a new way to dance now uh, with my partner Dane and um I've learned to see my life in full color again um since Ali has passed and I I work every day to to live without fear and um just enjoy the present. I used to spend so much time worrying about losing someone close to me and thinking I could somehow prevent it. Um, I was holding my sister when she passed. I was there and I still couldn't save her. I, I couldn't control that it was her time to go, but 
what I've learned is that I can live out her beautiful legacy now as well as as mine. Um, time is short here for all of us, and I'd rather spend my time saving to help save lives in her honor and instead of crawl into this dark hole that I that I was in. Um, I know my sister wouldn't want me to let life pass me by without color and adventure and passion. Um, yeah. And if you just live your adventure and do it with your whole heart and surround yourself with the, the people um, you love and as much as you can, even if it's just a simple phone call, learn from your past and, and to love your present is what I've really come out um, on the other side of. And it's, of course, it's an ongoing thing. It's not this mountain you climb and then it's, and then it's over. It's, it's always, it's an everyday journey. And I, I talk to my sister still every day because I know she's here with me and it brings me peace. And so I think just doing what brings you peace and joy every day um, is what helps um, like volunteering with the VEDS movement and spending time with kids. Um, it helps more than I can say. I love that you said a couple times in there, like you found a new way to dance. And I love yeah. that. I love that saying so much. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, um, well, for a little bit of time, I just, and I think this happens, like we just kind of crawl into the spot of like being told we can't do something, but of course you can. You just have to find a new way to do it. Yeah, I love that. So if there is one thing that you wanted like medical professionals to know about what it's like living with VEDS, is there, is there something? Oh, yes. Um, so I, when I think about that, I try to narrow it down to one thing, but really I just, some of the, the things I would like for medical professionals to know and, and think about is that although they could never truly understand what it's like to have VEDS and, and lose someone they love from it, um, that although they couldn't, it's like if they're willing to try, all we need, all we need are is someone who is understanding of us and our pain as we search for a cure and to live our lives um, with this condition every day. And when I say someone who's understanding of us, I just mean someone who will listen to us, um, listen to what we have to say as we know our bodies best. And if they don't know something, do what it takes to step outside of their comfort zone and learn it. Or, you know, asking us or those who have studied us um, is really the, the golden ticket to really understanding how to best care for us. Uh, I ask to please set aside what you think you might understand and know and open up your heart and mind to the rare possibilities and challenges that Beds brings to the table. And Please know that you're working with a community of beautiful humans who are constantly having to say goodbye to loved ones and fight for our health and without answers or closure of why. But, um, you know, together we still manage to fight for victory and stick together with love and everything we've got and never give up hope that there is something more for us. Um, I ask them to not only hear us, but fight alongside us and join our community. I ask that if, you know, if you're at all stubborn and not willing to be brave and vulnerable in your 
practice alongside us, then please, please send us to someone who, who will and who has the time because we really don't. And lastly, I do really want to thank every medical professional who has uh, dedicated their lives to finding a cure and giving us hope and, and treating us like their own family. So, I know that's a mouthful, but I've thought a lot about that. And... <laughs> Oh, thank you. I think it's yeah. it's perfect, and it is so true. I mean, it having a medical professional who knows everything about VEDS is kind of unrealistic, right? Depending on where you live, but having a medical professional who is willing to learn or willing to just ask the experts or willing to have an open mind is so important. And I love that you really like think the medical professionals in this community because they have become part of our community. You know, they're part of our like VEDS family yeah. that I think about, you know, and, and they've truly been absolutely wonderful. And I just... Absolutely. They really have. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Is there one final thing you would want the listeners to know about your story or a piece of advice you would want to give them? Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for having me. And um, the, my final thing I'd like to say is just, um, I know how hard it can feel sometimes, um, but just know that you're not alone and that it's your birthright to be happy and to do what makes you happy and to, to, never, um, to never feel that you're alone and to always reach out because you have a huge family and you don't even know it yet that are all here waiting to, to be with you and to walk alongside you in this journey. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much again, Ashley, for sharing your story and your family's story with VEDS on the podcast. And thank you so much, everybody, for listening. If you like the show, if you find it informative, if you find it helpful, it would really mean a lot to me if you shared it to help us raise awareness of VEDS together. This podcast and all of you, the whole community, they're just so close to my heart, and I love you all so much. Be sure to subscribe to the show and stay tuned for the next episode on October 23rd. We will be talking to Dr. Melissa Russo, a high-risk obstetrician and geneticist, about her involvement with the VEDS community and her research. Thanks so much again, everyone, and I will see you soon.